Hey, fellow cyclists and friends, has anyone told you how amazing you are? Yeah, you. Yeah, it's true. And I just want to let you know that I've been thinking about you, the new year's coming around, and I hope you have the most amazing week and the most amazing holidays. Now, our podcast is clearing a hundred thousand downloads thanks to you guys, and I just want to shout you out. You guys are so amazing, but I have something really special for you. Continue listening. You're a woman, this is totally for you. The four-week cycling skills workshop benefits all women. These skills can be implemented immediately on the bike and trainer, cycling outside, indoor cycling, on a spin bike or peloton. All your current frustrations and questions will be answered guaranteed. If you're interested in joining me, don't wait another moment. With this link, you can get started at the beginning of each month. I know you're trying to decide whether or not to check out the four-week cycling skills workshop for women, but I don't blame you. There are so many other online cycling training platforms that offer cycling routes and training sessions, but there but here's what makes my four-week cycling skills workshop different. First of all, it's taught by someone who's not just starting out but actually has is pretty experienced. I've been working with free clients in my cycling club, Cyclefit Chicks, all the way to Canadian national female cyclists. And I continuously update my coaching tactics to help beginner to advanced cyclists level up with these cycling techniques. Hardly anyone is talking about. Secondly, the four-week cycling skills workshop for women is so much more. A lot of times there are online cycling training programs that teach you how to train intensely but don't, don't but actually don't help you develop the fundamental cycling skills and techniques such as gear management, hill climbing, strength, power and speed and nutritional timing in order to effectively become a faster, fitter and more efficient cyclist and well-rounded athlete. And also there are very few courses about cycling that actually teach you how to develop a smooth, efficient pedal stroke. The four-week cycling skills workshop for women aims to fill both these gaps in the cycling in cycling training. Not to mention, the workshop provides the recordings of the explanations, demonstrations, plus homework. In addition, you will gain access to a library of over 100 strength training workouts to help you level up and that is all on top of the core curriculum you already get when you join the workshop. So it's safe to say I'm delivering incredible results coaching over a thousand female cyclists through my cycling club and now it's even more exciting to impact more female cyclists globally through my four-week cycling skills workshop for women. You can't go wrong when you join a workshop developed by a woman for women. It's time to level up and remove the frustrations. So if you're ready to join, just click the link that you see and secure your spot today in one of the next four-week cycling skills workshops for women's sessions. Now before the new year with um, this amazing deal, a 25, 25% off until December 31st. Limited spots available. Don't wait another minute. Click the link and roll today and I can't wait to see you on the inside. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, 
fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back for another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew, and you guys are going to love this guy. So I met Randall, Bike Bennett, or I used to call him Bike, and I'm like, what's his name? And we, I met him on a, um, I think it was like VIP Facebook cycling page, like back about six years ago, say. And uh, so we became friends then, and at that time... He owned his own business. He sold his business. He started consulting and then he started getting into cycling. And that's where we kind of like connected. And now I asked him to be on this podcast because he's got a bit of a story behind the cycling and health and also about all the freaking cycling events he's been doing. And basically he's like, he's like, like, I don't know. He just does a whole lot of stuff. And we're going to find out about it, like his stuff, like his, he's got a team there. He does these bike events. So welcome Randall to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Great. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking uh, forward what? to where this goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. You never know where my interviews yeah. go. So, so Randall, okay. I'm going to call you Randy. Is that okay? Or is it Randy sure. or bike? How, what would you want me oh yeah first I thought it was Mike and then it was bike and I'm like what how can you be called bike and then I'm like and then I started digging a little bit more as to what his name was <laughs> but bike okay now just go back to when you started into cycling because that's where I love starting everybody's um interviews is like how it has how'd you get into cycling uh, it, it was, well, let me tell you this real quick. The way I came up with the name Bike Bennett, because my name is Randall Bennett, of course. Yeah. And my daughter's like, Dad, you got to get on social media. This was back maybe in 2010. And I said, well, <laughs> if I get on social media, I don't, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to connect with everyone. So she said, I'll just set you up as Bike Bennett. So nobody will look for Randall Bennett. They can't find you. So now, you know, Bike Bennett and 5,000 friends later, here I am. So, <laughs> but, uh, but here's how I got into biking. Uh I own businesses. I, I had created businesses and most of it in the technology IT world. And cybersecurity was the area where we really were extremely successful. And, uh, and, and I just, my life was totally unbalanced. You know, the kids, I'm working all the time. I mean, literally, I would, you'll find out when I do something, I'm, I go all in. Uh-huh. And I ended up gaining a lot of weight and I got really heavy. So, and, um, and so, I said, I've got to lose this weight. And my knees were killing me. I was still trying to go out and play basketball and do these adult league soccer. Here I am, this really, you know, overweight guy. And um, so a friend uh, of the family, she said, hey, why don't you come and bike with us? And I didn't really have a bike. I had a bike that I bought when my kids were little that I could put them on the back and ride them around. And 
So uh, I said, sure, let me go buy a beginner bike. And I said, I, I put, yeah, I set a $500 budget and, you know, now we are buying seats. <laughs> and uh, so I went and I purchased, I went to buy a bike um, and I ended up spending like $1,100, $1,200. And I went out and I rode and just loved it. I loved everything about mm -hmm. it. I loved outside. I loved the speed. Um, and, and the big thing was I needed to do something that wouldn't kill my knees every time because the, the, so I ended up having knee surgery in 2010 on my right knee. And the doctor said, uh, you know, you should be able good to go do things. Just don't run and jump. Well, I'm, I'm playing adult league soccer. I was playing adult league basketball. <laughs> and so that's how I got into cycling. I, I, I needed something to do to help me stay active and get exercise and lose weight. And uh, so cycling was the thing that didn't kill my knees when I was trying to work out. So that's, so how that's, I got into it. that's how you got into it. So did you get into it after you sold your businesses or was that kind oh. of like your, like an exit? And then, cause that's where I kind of met you. You're in that process yeah. of like selling and consulting. No, no, actually I, I still owned uh, my businesses when that was going on. And, uh, and of course, you know, I'd grown up as a kid in the neighborhood, everybody had their, you know, banana bike and different things. So always, <laughs> we need to start a banana bike page. Know, Cause like every time I, I talk to somebody, well, like but, but, we all have banana bikes, right? <laughs> but, but, but you know, it was a simple bike and you know, bike to the friend's house and bike around the neighborhood and things like that. And, um, but no, I started biking, uh, in 2010 and I actually, uh, the last business I sold was in 2013 but then they asked me to stay for two years because they wanted to open mm -hmm. more offices and and so i i really thought that i could stay six months and that's okay we've had enough of you but a lot of times an entrepreneur they get them out of the business they purchase uh, as fast as they can and i ended up staying almost yeah. five years um oh wow. and, I, and i loved every bit of it but it um but one of the things that i had said when I would, they would purchase me, I said, I will do these things, but I got to have time to take trips and take vacations and these mm -hmm. things. So actually I started cycling and, um, and, and did that up until, you know, when I finally came out of the business was early 2018. And then I took a couple of years off to do, uh, to do bucket list things and started riding different events and people would call up and say hey let's go ride so-and-so and i'd go okay sure and then i would find out well, now i need a mountain biker now i need a gravel biker and so no but i kept riding i i my health became my top priority mm. and what i found out is that i had to love myself and once i loved myself then i would invest in my health and then it was so easy at that point to want to help others and love other people so that's really was my driving right. force behind that and i think that's where you and i connected because you've been out there you're you've won so many contests and bodybuilding and biking and coaching and so you and i started communicating via uh the internet and yeah. in friends yeah and that's where i was trying to help you i remember i was trying to help you help you with your health because <laughs> i think you're like I need to lose this extra 20 pounds. I'm like, well, I can help you with that. But, yeah. uh, but you know, tell me about that bucket list or, um, and some of the cycling events, because that's what's like, I've just been watching you and you've been doing all this crazy stuff, but yeah, just talk, talk about those. Well, I still have a lot on my bucket list. So I'm, I'm 58. I'll be 59 in March. So I still feel like I'm really young. Mm. And, uh, I think sometimes I act 
I should act older than I, or act like I'm my age sometimes. Uh, but really, a lot of those things were, it was around uh, hiking and biking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I had a friend um, that, and, and uh, that I was going to Lifetime Fitness and working out, and I would go to spin classes, and there would, there would be uh, videos about this place called Leadville, Colorado. And okay. I said, well, that's mountain biking. I'm a road biker. I'll never do that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so we were all biking one day and she said, hey, I've got into this mountain bike race called Leadville. I'm going to go out and do it next year. We should put a team together because we were training with her because I would train oh. like, so like triathletes were training for different things or some ultra and they would ask me to ride with them because one of the things I've always been able to do is ride all day long. And I've just, you know, God bless me with the natural stamina that I can just ride, ride and ride. And uh, I said, sure, we'll sign up. Well, then I signed up and found out it was a mountain bike race. I was going, I don't own a mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> mountain so, bike racing. Yeah, so, and then and then some of the other things was just doing, uh, working with some different charities, helping different things. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, like I'm down outside of Charleston now where we do a, a ride here that helps support bike advocacy, but it also supports um, uh, some of the music and arts in the area. And then the other thing it supports is there's a group here that uh, provides assistance to teenage um, mothers um, that, are, that have children that are trying to finish school. So I just got involved in a lot of things like, mm. like that. And so the next step is I will continue the, uh, all this crazy bicycle and stuff, but then I will do some of the traveling stuff. So uh, most of the stuff has been around, certainly the bike and the rest of it has been around doing family type things. Right, that's super cool. Now let's talk about all those events that you started getting into. Cause the one I, <laughs> the one has piqued my interest that, that I've been watching you do year after year is Leadville. And I kind of said like in my fifties, I turned 50 this year that I want to do some like bigger international, well, not international, but out of region kind of events like epic big events and I don't know if there's any like any like super epic events here that to my knowledge as to where I live but in the states there seems to be a whole bunch of them so talk about um talk about Leadville because I I could talk about Leadville (laughs) uh I could talk about Leadville all day because once you go to Leadville and do Leadville uh, the founder there, the founders, Ken and Mary Lee, they always talk about we're Leadville family. And it really right. is. It really is. Uh, you get there and uh, it's a very supportive community. So you will have, say, 16 and 1800 bicyclists there to do the mountain bike race. Um, and, and it's really very it's, it's just such a supportive uh, community. So Leadville. Uh, again, I had no idea what Leadville was, and I would see during spin classes at Lifetime Fitness, they would advertise it, and then the, this friend, Susie, uh, she's always leading a bunch of us down these crazy paths. She said, hey, let's do Leadville, and so a group of us signed up. So the first year, we didn't get in, but if you volunteer, uh, I think it's 12 hours, then you're guaranteed an entry. You still have to pay, so you don't get a discount, and you still have to pay. So we went out in 2017 and volunteered, and so that guaranteed for 2018 an entry. And so you so can't just register; like you have to qualify. It's a lottery, so you there are qualifying oh. and then there's a lottery. 
So they have several um, races um, that you can go and do and events. For example, they have one that's called the Leadville Stage Races that's actually in Leadville. And that you race the course over three days. So the course is 104 miles and about 12,000 feet of climbing at a, most of it above 10,000 feet of elevation. But the stage races breaks down to 42 miles the first day, 20 miles the second day, and then 42 miles back. And that, right. and if you do well enough in that, you can qualify uh, to get into the, the mountain bike, the Leadville Mountain Bike 100. Um, okay. So I, I, 2018, uh, I was fortunate enough that I was able to, st I actually stayed in Breckenridge the whole summer and trained in Breckenridge, but then every two or three, about three days a week, I'd go over to Leadville and ride the course. And was fortunate enough, this friend, um, Susie, that had introduced us to Leadville, she had gone out there by herself in 2016, was riding and ran into this guy, uh, a couple guys there, two or three guys that were, had done it like 20 times. These, these guys were <laughs> led. So, wow. they, so they took us under their wing and they literally went through every inch of the course force, which is a huge advantage. Because they, wow. they, when you start, do this. And when you get to this point, do this. And here's how you need to ride this section. And so I was fortunate enough, I stayed out in Colorado that summer for two months and could go over three or four days a week. It was about a 45 minute drive from Breckenridge and ride with these guys. So the first year, um, uh, unfortunately, um, some, some family issues came up. I had to jump on a plane a few days before Leadville run to Texas. So I came back and I said, Hey, I just want to finish. I just want to get a buckle. And, um, I know, so I did. A buckle. <laughs> so I, I, I got a buckle. Um, well then once you've had that taste, it's not just going out to Leadville and getting the buckle. Then of course, you know, you want to go back and do better, but you also want to go back and be with all your, of, of your friends. And so, uh, so then I was able to go back in um, 2019 and do better. I, I cut a lot of time off of my uh, race. And part of that was, is I was in better shape. Uh, I also didn't have to leave for a few days and then fly back in at 3 a.m. the night before. And then the, <laughs> uh, and then once you, and then, you know, the course, you know, the route. So right. then, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I did a couple of the stage races and got the big buckles in the stage races. And then I was able this year to go back out. Um, I went back out on August 1st. I had no plans really to, to uh, I went out for a little bit, came back. I had no plans to go back. Went on August 1st, really, I, I, was, I was just going to be sag for my friends. I said, if I can't ride it, I'm going to come out and support my friends. And so the founder and a couple others saw me in town. They said, you're doing the race. I said, no, I'm not doing this year. They said, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> so I was way out of shape. I signed up and I said, okay, this will probably be the first event I've ever entered that I will not finish. And 40 miles into the race, I have 100, it's 104 miles, 40 miles into the race, I cramp. So I had to back off. Uh, I finished it and I got another buckle. <laughs> uh, but, but again, that was just from experience of doing the course you know, and, I, and having five buckles, it just, it was from ah, experience. You should start selling those. How much they worth? <laughs> I, hey, they're cool to have. <laughs> oh, I know they're cool to have. That's why I was kind of like, I like, just like the buckle. <laughs> and I saw another event had a buckle. Not so, well, Leadville, so, something else. So, so Leadville, and, and during the pandemic in 2020, um, 
so we could you, they you, they didn't have the race of course or any of the races and so they decided um that they would have a hundred thousand foot climbing challenge and you could do that anywhere in the world and so you basically it was an honor system and you recorded when you like if you go out on a bike ride with your garment wahoo you would just go and enter your footage and right. if you were doing zipped or some of the other virtual rides or and even if you were on a treadmill so it was an honor system but the goal was is you were to get a hundred thousand feet of climbing and you had a, i think it was eight eight or nine weeks to do it um there and so if you did that they sent you a buckle but it's not as nice as the buckle when you go out there <laughs> now yeah, the, I... other, the other place that you get a buckle is the stage races i've mentioned the stage races earlier and yeah. so in 2018, I signed up for the stage race in Leadville. And, and really the reason I signed up for that is because um, I, I wanted to have the experience of riding the course. And, um, and I ended up getting the big buck where you have to finish under eight, eight hours and 30 minutes to, um, to total, total combined time over three days. And I was able to do that the next time I did it. But let me tell you, here's what's so cool about Leadville. So the last me- day... Yeah, the last day of the stage races, I'm like, wow, I have a chance to get the big buckle, which I never mm-hmm. thought about. So I get it right up front with the pros and all the guys there. I get right up front with them. And of course, I know I can't, I can't hang with them, but I'm going yeah. like, I can get over this certain mountain and then I can coast down to the other side if I can just get up there. And so there was this, this uh, pro trainer and his wife were doing it. And she and I had ridden a lot together in these races. And so we go, we take off. My heart rate is maxed. I'm seeing white dots. And she's yelling at me like, come on, come on, Randall, come on. And so I made it up to the top and I'm like, thank God, now I can coast. So then coming in, another guy with Carmichael Training Systems, uh, Lance Armstrong's coach, one of his top guys, he came up and uh, was with a guy and then he started working with us and coaching us. This guy was so strong. So like, for example, there'd be a rest stop and he, has, he had run way ahead of us and grab all these bottles of water and put in his jersey and stuff. He'd say, don't stop, don't stop. And then he'd catch us again and give us all the uh, food and bars. <laughs> but then there's another guy named Joe Craxner. And this guy is a lead man. And lead man, there's five events you do in Leadville and you become a lead man, which there's like, that's renowned in the world. And Joe rides a single speed. That's how strong he is. <laughs> so uh, Joe... He and I got to be friends. And so I'm coming in the last five, five or six miles and my tire goes, starts going flat. Mm. And I jumped off and it's tubeless and I pumped it up with the CO2 and I take off again. And I'm coming down this very famous area known as St. Kevin's that everybody talks about. And all of a sudden my bike is all over the place and my tires going flat again and I don't have another CO2 cartridge. And so as I'm passing people, I'm going like, do you have CO2? Do you have CO2? And nobody had it. So I get down to the bottom and I catch up with Joe because he's running a single speed and I had more gearing, so I was able to catch up. And I said, hey, Joe, do you have a CO2? And he said, sure. And he reaches over and he breaks one off of his bike and hands it to me. I get to the end of this road. I pump my tire up. And when I came into the finish line, I literally had a flat tire. I had to make a 90 degree turn to go over the finish line. And I ran into the barrier because my bike, was the tire was wobbling like this. So that CO2 cartridge, when I framed the buckle, and my bib and stuff with it, I have that CO2 cartridge in it because of my uh, friend. Because <laughs> if it was if it wasn't for him, I'm, I may have not even finished the race. And that's what I'm talking about, Leadville. When you get out there, it mm-hmm. truly is people take care of each other. It's a really cool place. So I would encourage anyone, um, 
if you can do it, it's not just the race itself, it's the experience of the people. It's just amazing. And I was able to go back in 2019 and I actually stayed in Leadville for like eight weeks, two months. So, uh, so, and, um, and then I did the first, oh gosh, this is, I, lo- I laugh about this. So I went out in 2018, I was staying in Breckenridge. And uh, so one Saturday morning, I woke up and I asked her, I said, hey, what are we doing today? And everybody's like, oh, I'm day off, day off. You know, I said, gosh, I want to ride. I said, I know there's this um, Breck Epic ride today in, in Breckenridge. And I said, I'll go down and sign up for that. And I literally had a half hour to sign up. So I throw my bib on, I grab my wallet, I run down. I'm signing up and they go like, you know, this thing starts like in five minutes. So they're helping me put the bib on my shirt and putting the, you know, my number on the bike. And then I had to ride a mile to the start. So I literally, um, literally, as I'm pulling up, they're counting down 10, you know, nine, eight. And so I just rode past the start and went to the very back and started. And so I did the race and, and this, this, um, it was pretty hard, a lot of single track challenge stuff. So I'm going to make a long story short, the race is finished and I'm leaving. And there's this one guy that was struggling when I came to a certain point and I said, Hey, just here, let me help you a little bit. And I pushed him a little bit and we talked. And then we got to a certain point. I said, hey, man, I'll see you at the finish line. And um, so anyway, I'm leaving. And, he's, and I said, hey, I enjoyed a great race. Enjoyed meeting you. And he said, where are you going? I said, I'm, you know, I'm going back to my condo. He said, no. He said, you're on the podium. And I said, <laughs> he said, how old are you? And I said, I was like 56 at the time. And he said, you're, you're like over 50, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, I came in fourth and you came in front of me. And so I go over and I check the computer. And sure enough, I, I came in second. And then I was like, man, I stopped at every rest stop and just took, if I had just skipped a rest stop, you know, then I'm going, oh, <laughs> so, so I did two more races. I did the firecracker ride, which is crazy and broke my ribs. And so anyway, at the end of the summer in that series, I was ranked seventh in Colorado. So I was, you know, and of course this is the little local series and I'm, so I'm sitting back with all my friends like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm seventh in Colorado. But, you know, that's <laughs> like being seven out of 10 people or something. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is epic. That's cr- wow. Can you imagine if you'd not, but you weren't even going in that race for that. You're just going in there to like, you know, go for a ride. <laughs> Come back well, to the podium. Going- Yay. The, the, the funny thing about it, it was, and I was totally surprised as well, but the funny thing about it is, you know, I'm not this, I'm not the typical, like really skinny, slender, you know, bicycle type looking guy. And so I'm up on the podium and everybody's like, who is this guy <laughs> from, from North Carolina with an accent? And, uh, and he, doesn't like, he doesn't look like a bicyclist, uh, but it, it was, it was again, super nice people. It was just a great event. Um, and again, I would encourage anyone that could go out, uh, you know, I encourage people to ride whenever and however, uh, but if you go out to Colorado and do some of these events, it's great. And I just did the Hen Cappy ride a few weeks ago. Uh, great ride. Uh, it's like eight. Where was that out of? That's out of Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, which is um, oh, South Carolina. right above Greenville, South Carolina. And that's, you know, Lance Armstrong and all the guys used to come there and train with Hen Cappy because there's some really good... Um, climbs there you can do so we did um uh, uh, 80 miles 9,000 feet of climbing um uh, there on a, and that's a road bike type event right so, but that is that so, where the blue ridge or blue ridge yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely right. With it's, right. Uh, it's off the Blue Ridge a little, but we start in South Carolina, end up in North Carolina again, come back. And uh, but yeah, it's beautiful up there. And uh, so Hincappy and their group, they put on a great, a great race. And and once again, it was one of these things. Somebody said, hey, let's go do this Hincappy thing. And I'm like, well, I don't have a bike set up for that. So literally, I like grabbed a pair of uh, wheels, changed them out of one of my bikes and my gearing was all wrong. And I said, well, heck, I'll just go ride it and have fun. So, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but but soon you're like, now I'm down in, in outside of Charleston doing this ride called Festivella, which actually I'm uh, one of the directors and help with. Totally different ride. So to just give you an example, and I tell my friends this all the time, um, you don't have to ride at 25, 26 miles per hour average all the time to, um, to be in great shape. Right, there's some certain things you can do, and and uh, so this ride, our, we will have 350 people show up starting tomorrow. Our average median age is around 62, 63. Okay. And we give trophies out to people who do their first 100 miles ever. Mm. We ride all four days to 100 miles. We give a trophy for that. Um, plenty of beer and wine and soda and crackers and cheese and food and it's truly a ride if 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 you don't watch out you can come here and ride four days 100 miles a day and put them away we have a hot lunch every day on the route so but this is a totally different ride this is where uh we come down and we uh, we have 46 people signed up they're going to go for the iron butt which we call it the trophy uh where it's four days and you ride 100 miles a day we have I think it's close to 30 that's going for the first hundred mile ride. And, uh, and it's just, it's just a blast. It's, um, and of course, you know, what happens, we get out there and we can't help ourselves. We start picking up the pace. <laughs> yes, <laughs> boys will be boys. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have to come down and try you have to come do this ride with us. Well, I mean, actually that's probably a little bit more realistic than uh, going to Colorado for me. Cause I can just go down the Eastern seaboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Carolinas. And I've, yeah. and I biked around there before I've done some training camps, uh, Virginia and South Carolina back in the days. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it sounds like, so are you being like, are you put helping puddings on some of those or are you just sort of like the one you just spoke of? The festival, day? Yeah. The festival. festival. Yeah, actually, in that, I'm one of the directors, so I helped put this ride together. Oh, okay. It was actually founded by a family out of Charleston, the Fox family, which is, a like I think, a fourth, fifth generation family in Charleston, South Carolina. And um, they started it, uh, and I mentioned to you, I started riding in 2010. And um, so my cousin started with me. We both, uh, I needed to lose like 80 pounds. And... Um, so my cousin and I, we both were motivating each other. We went to a family reunion. We saw pictures of each other. And he called me up and he said, wow, did you see those pictures of us? I said, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Not very flattering. Um, so um, he and I decided to, okay, we got to motivate each other. So we would text each other every day and talk almost every day. And we started, and then a couple other people uh, joined us. So he said, I've always wanted to ride in one of those bike rides where there's a bunch of people we didn't even know it was called a peloton and um so i started looking and this ride was in that year it was in the first weekend or the first week of december and so we signed up for three days and we came down to it and it was just a blast and oh, so wow. we got so excited the first day going out we got up to the, at the front of the pack 
because we had all the police leading us out and we are at the front. We're so excited. Well, we didn't have garments. We had like little cat eyes, you know, so we didn't have directions and, and we go flying by the first turn. So 300 people follow us and we missed the turn. <laughs> oh my God, and that's funny. <laughs> You missed a turn. If you're going to get up front, you've got to be watching for the markers and take the turn. And we were like, what markings? We had no idea they even put markings on the page. <laughs> so, oh my God. Uh, so thank God, you know, they were very nice people. And uh, so uh, I did, I, we did this ride a few years. And then uh, uh, the Fox family asked me, because uh, as you know, I do kind of get around they said would you be willing to help us organize and run get this? around yeah and, and um, I said yeah I mean because this is this is truly just a wonderful event for people to just come uh, we had a lady um, two years ago she came she had lost 100 pounds her goal was to ride her first 100 mile ride oh cool she ended up doing all four days 100 miles and the last day um, or rest stop sag guy he radioed me and said hey uh i've got a lady here and i'm trying to tell her i've got a sagger in and she will not stop because <laughs> you know we're just and i said no stay with her and so we sent one of our moto guys there on his motorcycle with me and he was lights flashing and he's with her and she finished and got an iron butt and so we have there's a lot of inspirational stories like that so this is what uh, you know, one of the things is that when you're fortunate enough to be able to go and do the things that I get to do, uh, it's so much fun to go back and help others because um, I, I look and I look back when I was 80, 90 pounds heavier and mm -hmm. thank God people were, that were willing to help me. And uh, so uh, so we come down and uh, on the weekends, we do have some race teams that show up because they like to have a hundred mile course that sags, you know, and we put them at the front of the pack and let them go and say, have fun guys. Um, yeah. so anyway, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. You need to come down. And then, oh my God. Yeah. So that sounds really exciting. So that's what you're doing. Like the next four days. Yes. So to that tonight, we're setting up uh, stuff in packets tomorrow night, people check in. <laughs> Uh, every day we have a theme. I think Thursday is Thanksgiving, so we it's turkey oh, and cranberry right. sauce and stuff. And I think Friday is I can't remember cheeseburger in paradise. You know, Jimmy Buffett thing, and um, then the, <laughs> the Sunday shrimp and grits on Sunday or on Saturday. Even though oh, Veterans Day is Thursday, on Saturday we honor the vets, and mm -hmm. we only have a lot of veterans that come in. We got a group that comes in from Georgia that has suffered a, a lot of PTSD type things. Uh, right. we, we sometimes, the, the wounded warriors, depending on the weather, uh, the Charleston chapter come over and ride. So on Saturday, we um, honor them. We have the national anthem and we put them all up front and mm -hmm. the, the sirens going to lead us out of town. We celebrate the veterans. So it's, uh, so it's just every, so then every day, huh. every night we have a dinner and seafood and oysters and, chocolate obsession which i will have to stay away from because sugar to me is like you know if i have one i'm gonna have 10 so i just stay away <laughs> oh my god you better be posting pictures about this we will so i can grab some yeah. but uh, so you know and i was just wondering like you know i wonder that's why you have like your average age 65 because it's in the middle of the week <laughs> it was, everybody so, else is working people who come here have to be in a position that, yes they can have the time off. They have mm -hmm. the 
come because you, you're going to have to get have a hotel room uh, or we do have a campsite. We The city worked with us and let us put a campsite in the middle of town. They've never done that before. But uh, our campers aren't staying up all night drinking and partying there. At nine o'clock, they're going to bed and they're up at five. Yeah. Um, so actually the town here, Waterboro, South Carolina, uh, or the city of Waterboro, they, they've been so accommodating. So uh, we've got a campground on the lot between the two churches and the police departments across the road. <laughs> Uh, so it's pretty safe. <laughs> I'll save. Like I got my eyes on you guys, and if I hear anything yeah. past ten o'clock, I'm coming over. Yeah. And the other thing is, okay, so December the seventh. Okay, is, what's this one? All right, December the seventh. So in twenty, and you and I have talked about these things in the past. In twenty ten, I said, okay, I've got to lose weight, and so I'm sitting in Philadelphia. My daughter was in college in Philadelphia. And we went to Dave and Buster's on her birthday, and that was April 22nd. And I said, okay, starting tonight after this, I'm on, I'm going. So from April 22nd until December the 7th of 2010, I lost 72 pounds. I'd already lost like eight or 10 pounds, and I lost another 72 pounds. And right. so, so this, so Festivello is always, I always show up seven, eight pounds overweight. And so I have to hit my weight goal by December the 7th. So I don't, I won't be eating all the chocolate or the thousand. Uh, we have 1100 pounds of beer. Because <laughs> um. uh, we had to haul it here in cars, right? So all these kegs. So I have to just stay away from as much. I, not that I won't have some beer and some of the food, but I have to stay away from it. But this gives me four days of riding where I can really work hard, eat really well, and you know, really get into a body fat burning mode here. So uh, unfortunately, <laughs> when I get back, I've got to fly to Florida. And then from there, I'm flying to Philadelphia uh, for my uh, son-in-law's uh, F-15 fighter jet pilot. He's doing a flyover at Eagles game. He's the commander. Oh, wow. So then fly home and fry turkeys and get ready for Thanksgiving. And you didn't hear the fry the turkeys part, right? Cause we're eating healthy. No, I didn't at all. <laughs> deep, I'm thinking like, you know, one of those, not the deep fryers, but the air fryers, everybody's uh, getting now. Yeah, that's, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I put like, you know, like submerge it in brine for like three days. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, so, so I love your lifestyle there, Randall. Is it, oh yeah, this is it, Randall. I'm like, yeah, Randall. thank you. So well, again, again, you know, uh, very, um, very fortunate and thankful that I'm willing, I'm able to do the things that I can do. Um, and I actually did start back in 2020, very right before the pandemic, doing consulting work for some groups. But um, a couple wanted me to come and said, "Can you come work with us full time?" Because I have to admit, <laughs> like, it, no. <laughs> but it gets. You can't ride a bicycle all day long every day, and right. I do love business. And um, mm -hmm. and I said, I'll tell you, I, I have an LLC. I will contract with you, but I'm not going to go full time with you because then I'll feel guilty. Because and I know what will happen. I will end up working seventy hours a week. I know who I know who I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I said, so if I just do an LLC and commit to this, or you know, contract through my LLC. Uh, so, so I am doing that now as well. And I'm, I have to tell you, I'm loving it. I'm just having a blast. So today driving from Raleigh. So what is it that you're doing for your. So, so you, I was always in technology 
and then got heavily involved in cybersecurity in the 90s and then built a very successful organization that was bought by a, a, a private equity backed firm out of New York, which was really fun because I got to spend so much time in New York. And at the time, uh, you know, my kids were both were living in New York and Manhattan. And um, so um, um, so the cybersecurity was the thing that really, really took off uh, out there. Mm -hmm. So um, so uh, so what I'm doing now is a friend of mine who called up who was actually a it was a competitor, but a very respectful competitor. And mm -hmm. he called up and he said, hey, I know you're you know retired and uh, I've decided I'm going to go back and work some and I'm doing working with a staffing company based out of Florida and helping them place people in the IT world because he came from the IT world as well. And uh, he said, hey, I was going to talk to you about if you can give me leads or help me get into some of these accounts and, um, you know, that we'll pay you a finder's fee or recurring revenue. Well, I love recurring revenue. I love, right? Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Only those who understand it. <laughs> recurring yeah. revenue. Yeah. So I said, sure, you want to live like Randall, you need to have it. <laughs> so I said, hey, let's have lunch. And I said, well, hey, why don't I just come you know, work with you, not as a full-time employee. And uh, so what I'm doing is, is staffing. What I'm doing is I go to the companies I work with in the past, I'm helping this company get in. And uh, of course, then that led me back to uh, interviewing people, uh, just like I did when I owned my own businesses. And I'm loving it because I, it just, it, it kind of ignites that fire and talking. And, and it also keeps me in touch with, um, all the technology that's going on because mm. I, in, um, uh, in, well, in December, I'll teach three courses on cybersecurity. So um, oh. a group of uh, North Carolina CPA Association, uh, through them, they have me teach every December, they have me teach courses uh, so the accountants can come in and get their credit hours, their CPE hours. And mm -hmm. so by doing this, I get to stay in touch with all the new latest, greatest things are going on. But here's the great thing, Sylvia, what? I don't have to worry about making payroll and paying the bills. <laughs> I get You're to do like, just pay me. Thank right, you. I get to do all the fun stuff. <laughs> wow! So, are you actively looking for some little contracts like that just to keep you busy, or is it just something you find to fill the time? It's a way just to. Uh, it, 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 I enjoy it. I just, yeah. just like bicycling and the athletic stuff. I, I just, I really enjoy it. And uh, so, um, and, and I've got to pay for my trips at least. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to eat up all your savings. That's yeah. right. You got many, 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 many years to live. Yeah. <laughs> You're busy. So no, I haven't looked for it. You know, I was fortunate enough that um, you know, I, was, I had businesses over 30 years and I made a tremendous amount of contacts. And um, so uh, I had people reaching out to me um, and I, I guess there's some value to if you can walk people into accounts. Uh, and the other area where I was, you know, we were very successful was in, in local government and right. uh, Virginia and the Carolinas. And uh, but the challenge now is, as I'm getting to the age, I'll call up and say, hey, you know, is is, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, Beth there? And they go like she retired two years ago. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not only you have to stay up current with all the technology, it's the new people's coming in. <laughs> yeah. coming in. And that's that's hard work. It's like, 
oh, that's too much work, rebuild a relationship. No, I'm joking. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Sorry, I can't work with you. She's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. So you're keeping, so you're keeping busy. Like I knew you're uh, dabbling in a lot of stuff, but that's really fun. Um, now, what do you move in? What are you doing into 2020 to uh, keep yourself? Do you have like your um, calendar all set up? You know, I, this is? you know, so I'm, I'm looking at, I haven't signed up for everything yet. I'm, I'm the world's worst at, um, yeah, I don't like it. two minutes uh, before Starline. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, but some things like Leadville, you have to sign up in advance and get into the lottery. Um, the and I did. I was able to go back out and volunteer some, so hopefully I'll, I'll be back in. I was actually in the Garmin, um, uh, what used to be the Dirty Cons, of which is now the Garmin Unboundments out in Kansas. Oh, I heard about that too. Yeah, so I actually got an email today about I, I deferred. Um, they actually had it last year, um, but they, but they, if you wanted to defer during the pandemic, you could defer. And I said, well, I don't have a gravel bike. It's still in order. And of course, it, you know, it takes forever right now to get a new bike in. So mm -hmm. I, I deferred that. And, um, so I, I'm looking at Garmin Unbound, which is out in Kansas. I look at Leadville again, that opens, um, the December to 1st, mm -hmm. the registration opens for that. Um, there's the Croatan up in Virginia. I have to tell you, I really enjoyed the handicappy ride. Uh, more what than was I, that all about? Was it just a ride, or you know, it's it's to me, it's 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 a ride. Um, I wouldn't want George to hear me say that. George Hancock. was he was he there? Oh yeah, yeah, he was there. Okay. And some of the pros, Lance Armstrong, came and rode with people. Oh, cool. Um, um, so, but, but they just put on a great show. If you want to get the VIP package, you get to have dinner with the you know George Hancappy and the different riders. Um, they have all kinds of food and dinner and they have executive chefs come in and cook all these great meals. And then uh, on Saturday after the ride, they have events. If you want to stay and pay and do what you can do. And so, it, um, but I didn't sign up for any of that. Um, I just signed up to do the ride and it was, I really enjoyed it. It was beautiful. Um, it was well supported, um, but it was just gorgeous. And the other thing that happened, I was talking to a friend who had done it a year earlier and it was like 50 and misty raining. And it, oh. and, it, and so this year it was like 70, you know, later in the day, 71, 72, and just perfect skies, no clouds. Yeah. So yeah. like when you're descending some of these, you know, you'd climb, 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 and then you'd come down to the other side and descend. It, it was wonderful because, you know, you hate descending on wet roads, or I do. Yeah. And you could fly like 50 miles an hour coming down. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You always remember the gorgeous races. Or yeah. I, I remember some pretty nasty ones, too, because they'll never be erased from my mind ever. Yeah. So, so, so I'll probably do that. Um, and then I'm just looking around some of the others. Probably the one that, you know, continues to intrigue me the most always is Leadville because um, it's just so, it's so gratifying to finish that, it's gratifying to certainly get a buckle. It's, and, and it's just the people, um, love. Mm. And, and it's just like here in Waterbury, Carolina, um, you know, when I arrived earlier today, it was, uh, it, it, I, I was dropping off some of the stuff. Well, I was telling you about a thousand pounds of beer, which is six kegs of beer. You know, in in my truck. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, so glad you guys are back. And it's, it's a little beautiful Southern town in the low country. Oh. South. So I don't know. Do you have any suggestions for me? 
Well, I have heard of uh, Rebecca's Rebecca Rush's Private Idaho. That's a stage race. Yes. I've heard of that one. I just heard about that one not too long ago. And yeah. but I wanted to ask you before we, we before we close up is if you're like, so say I put my name in for the lottery. Mm -hmm. One, when do you hear that you're actually in? And what kind of training would you recommend to get started to be prepared? And when is it? When's the event? When is so I think I think the, the Leadville mountain bike or the Trail 100 mountain bike race is I think this coming year is August 13th or 14th. Okay, so August is a good time. So yeah. what would you say to someone who first timer who would like to get into that race? Like, do you find out right away or not right well, away? Or is there like a... They, like they by February, do you know you're in or not? Or yeah, I think in, so. This year, I think on December the first, they open it to the. Um, there's still some deferrals that they had from right. last year uh, with the pandemic. They offered to, you could defer. Um, so those people right now are getting notified and getting first opportunity to sign up, and then whatever slots mm -hmm. they have left, December the first, uh, which gosh, just a few weeks away, they'll open up the general registration, and then it's a lottery um they go through and, will, and of course then if you have volunteered the, tw the 12 hours you will get a lottery slot you mean like volunteered anything 12 hours or with them so with them with, okay. with the leadville race series so they have actually right. a series um in fact the, the garmin unbound now is owned by leadville race series which is okay you know, fitness so what um what I did is I went out and the first year I went out in 2017 to volunteer so I could get in 2018. Right. Um, they just happened to stick me at the finish line. And that was the most wonderful experience. So if you go out and volunteer, I suggest ask to be at the finish line because you get to see there's people finishing, you get to see the emotions, the crying, the family celebrating. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it is it's yeah. just a lot of fun. So in fact, I, I volunteered also at the finish line for the marathon they have out there uh, for the same reason. And then of course I told everybody how many lives I saved because so uh, one young lady came across the finish line and it did awesome. And she sat down and next thing I know, she, her head's down between her legs and I'm like holding her up. And so I picked her up and I walked her into the building where the EMS is where she just was dehydrated and was in low blood pressure from the race. And so mm -hmm. I was telling my friends, you know, I saved, I saved a life today, but I, I didn't. But anyway, <laughs> but the registration is um, for the, the general lottery is December 1st. I think that goes through the 15th. And then sometime okay. in January this year, I haven't looked at the, the website they will announce um, who's in at that point. Mm -hmm. And then you you have so many days to go out and, uh, uh, well, actually when you register for the lottery December 1st, you put your credit card in. And so one way you will know you get in, you know, if you get in is all of a sudden the email will come and your card's been charged 400 bucks, right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I yeah. guess I'm in. But so what about training? What would I do, Randall? For the training? Or what would anybody do? Like considering well, it's a lot of climbing well first of all biking. don't do what i did i didn't even own a mountain <laughs> bike so I, I i picked up my mountain bike at the end of may um the, thank god this, this bicycle shop in Cary, north carolina where i live all-star bike the guy and his wife who own it 
Uh, they own three stores there in town. He was actually the, the um, mechanic for the UK national team. And he uh, was also for the 7-Eleven team. So this guy knows what he's talking about. So I go in and he helped me figure out which bike I needed. And, uh, and so I picked my bike up on May 29th. I rode it twice just to, for, to be fitted. And I showed up in Colorado on June 9th. Everybody said, you're crazy. You're going to kill yourself. You've never been a mountain biker. Uh, I did break my ribs <laughs> in 20 in 2019. I did most of the races with broken ribs um, and it hurt like heck. Um, but to answer your question, first and foremost, ride long rides. You need stamina. So of course, um, the other thing is your weight to power ratio. Everybody hears about that, right? Is, is, but there's, you know, you have a race that's 104 miles 12,000 feet plus climbing. Uh, this past year, it was one of the hottest years they've had. Um, oh. and, and there you're, you're, and people don't realize this, but the higher you get go in the atmosphere, not only is the air thinner as we refer to it, but mm. there's less atmosphere. So it, there at 55 degrees, you ride with short sleeves on. It feels great because the sun's so hot. And uh, so, um, but the biggest thing I would say is certainly is ride long, long rides. Do as many hundred mile rides as you can, five or six hours at a time. Uh, you know better than I do about the eating and preparing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So you'd be much better to speak about that uh, than I am. <laughs> and then the other thing reminds me of last weekend's ride. It was yeah. only hundred kilometers, but it was long enough. That, that's a great <laughs> one. And um, and then you know the the biggest thing is is um, in my case, I'd never mountain biked, and thank goodness when I went out there, I had some people take me under their arm and literally take me on the course. And and uh, I'll never forget the first day I was uh, first day I was out there riding, and we came up over this peak, and uh, this friend he and I came up on the peak, and we looked down, and he looked <laughs> at me, okay, go ahead. I said, yeah, you go ahead. I'll be behind you. <laughs> and we both looked at each other and said. Oh, that's enough training for the day. Let's go back because it was like this. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! So if you can go out there and ride the course, um, it always makes a huge difference. Doesn't matter what kind of race it is. Yeah, and, like and drive it, ride it, whatever. Right. So the second year I did it, I cut literally an hour off of my time, <laughs> and um, and people ask me why, and I said, well, look, and a lot of it is because I did understand the course, and I mm -hmm. understood where I could really go hard and where I needed to pace myself and uh and believe it or not because the course is made up of everything you've got single track you have gravel you go on pavement on some of the roads to reconnect to other areas um but the biggest thing is is ride long long rides it, it, uh, you just got to ride long long rides and uh and the other stuff that should be pretty obvious right you as far as you're eating um and your weight and things of that. Right. So you don't want to you don't want to invest in a race like that where you're going to spend you're going to you know by the time you travel there have your bike shipped out and do all the other things. Um, you want to make sure that you put the time in. So long long rides. Right. Sorry, I took my video off because you. It's okay. I I caught I, you you cut out actually. Oh, so sorry. I missed that whole sentence. You oh, have I, to repeat. So you know, the biggest thing I would tell people, you know, other than the obvious, uh, right. as far as eating and the weight to power ratio, 
the biggest thing is very long rides, very long rides. And then if you do decide to do it, go out and try to ride sections of the course each day. If you go out and spend a week and ride sections of the course, that'll help tremendously. Um, and then the other thing as well is if anyone decides to do it that you know, I'd be happy to talk to them uh, because there's certain areas, for example, when you start the race, uh, this year they staggered it because of, of COVID, but generally you've got about you know, 2,000 bicyclists to just take off. They are pumped. The adrenaline's flowing, they're bouncing off each other, knocking each other down. And without fail, there's always people that go down in the first three or four miles and they're done for the day. So they've you know, broken a collarbone or something. So they've invested all this time, energy, money, and training, and it's over in 15 minutes. And so, so, so you have to get one of my friends said, man, you're mean on race day because you know I get wide like this and literally I will push people off of <laughs> You know? <laughs> well, don't you find that maybe staggering what is a little maybe safer? Especially you know, that's a lot of people to for a mass start of a mountain bike race. Yeah, it, you know, it is. And um I like the mass start. And you know, the oh. there, you know, you could do a mass start with 200 people. That's still a mass start. <laughs> so so the founder, to give you an idea of the mentality out there, the founder of a Ken, um when they started talking about, they started doing a hundred mile run. The first thing they started in Leadville was the hundred mile run. And um, so we went and proposed that they do that and to get all the permits to do it. One of the people there said to him, like, you know, people are going to die doing this hundred mile run. And he said, great, it'll make us famous and everybody will know about it. <laughs> so, so Ken, like, yeah, I suspect. <laughs> Ken's this old miner and old cowboy. Um, and so uh, when I broke my ribs, and I showed up for the Silver Rush, which is a 50-mile race uh, that I, I did out there. And uh, I showed up and I said, man, Ken, my ribs are killing me. And he goes, rub some dirt on it. And, <laughs> and uh, you're and like, I, okay. <laughs> I finished the race actually about 45 minutes by, off the time from the previous year with broken ribs. And uh, so about a week later, Ken came by the house and... Uh, he was walking, you know, he's walking slow. And I went over to say, hey, Ken, and he, no, 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 no. He said, I, I fell on the bike and I cracked the ribs. And I, he looked at me and he goes, don't say it, don't say it. Because I was getting ready to say, well, rubs the dirt on it, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> but, so, the, so the mentality of the race there is, you know, again, it's, yeah, everybody takes care of each other and is very compassionate. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's there. It, there's no, you like at 12 hours, that's to cut off or to buckle. And that's it. You can literally be, where they have the cutoffs on the course, you could literally be five feet away. And if you don't hit it, they stop you and then you're out. And <gasps> oh. there's no excuses there. So you don't have excuses when you're in Leadville. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> All right. So everybody hear that, right? No yeah. compassion. You got like, you just do it and finish. And no complaining. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, and I, I'll tell you one other really funny story real quick. And, you know, so um, Lance Armstrong came across the finish line in the marathon. And one of my friends was like, oh my God, that's Lance Armstrong. And I waited until they finished interviewing. And I went over and I grabbed him by his arm and said, hey, my friend wants a picture. And he's looking at me like this, you know. And he was very nice. He came over and took the picture. But the guy's like total muscle, total intense. And um, so then Floyd <laughs> Landis shows up 
And um, so we all go out to, we, we go to this restaurant there called Treeline and we go up on the top. It's got an area on the top. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna buy all you guys a beer. Well, we get there and we get beer for everybody. And then he goes, oh man, I forgot my wallet. He oh, said, of course. He said, hey, hey, Mike, you pay for it. And I, he said, I, I'll get you back next time. I said, sure. So anyway, at the finish line the day of the race, they were given everybody, when you finished, you got like a wet towel and they'd hand you a wet towel and a beer. And so I crossed the finish line and I'm waiting for friends to get in and, and I couldn't help myself. I'm going and I'm helping it to people at the finish line and stuff. And so Ford Landis is waiting for someone and they finish and they hand him the beer and he's walking away and he goes, hey, 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 don't I owe you a beer? I said, yes, you do. And he pops the top, drinks like half of it and hands it to me and walks off. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's just, it was, he's laughing the whole time, you know, playing around. So, um, and you get to, you, you know. Like, you, and that $200 alcohol bill, I'd love that. <laughs> yeah. But, but you'd be surprised at the people that show up for Leadville. There's some very big um, corporate CEOs and board members. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I, I didn't realize it until the race was over, but uh, Rob Walton and Walton, Walton, uh, Walton family Walmart came out. He comes out and does oh, wow. Yeah, so it, it's um, it's a lot of fun. And uh, but like I said, if you if you're going to do it, I'd be happy to talk to you about the riding part of it. They need to talk to you about the nutrition part. <laughs> and, uh, no, well, well, you know what? We'll we'll see how it rolls um, for next year because I put on an event myself in early July for our club, and um, then of course it's getting there. But it was something that I started looking at. And, yeah. um, and of course, here, there might be a gravel series. So that might keep me busy for the next year. But um, yeah, I look at that buckle and I'm like, I like the buckle. I like I, the big buckles. Oh, I have girls. to, I have to <laughs> say, it's, it's one of those things after you finish and you get a buckle, I think you appreciate it more. Because, oh, for sure. Because it, it, it um, and this is not breaking my arm to pat my back, because, you know, tons of people beat me out there. Um, but it, it, you, you work so hard to get it. And so mm -hmm. you're proud. And uh, I actually had a lady this year that was going out and she said, she said, hey, biker. She said, um, <laughs> she said, I'm a pretty good rider, pretty good climber. I said, yeah, you're really strong. And she said, um, so when you go to Leadville, she said, did the women beat you out there? I said, hundreds of them they beat me like a red dot out there <laughs> like i've got a certain amount of time i need to get in that's all that matters yeah I which I is said, what i would look at you know well, like, I i'm racing myself that's who i am yeah. racing. i'm trying to do better than i did before and finishing those things um you know because somebody like you mentioned rebecca uh i don't i don't know that she's written it the last couple of years but i you know she won several of those and um and then the, the uh this last year uh, what was it? Grace, I uh, think her name. I, I don't really know her. It, the, and then the guys that win it, they're riding this thing in six hours. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. It's just, wow. Uh, you, you know, they're, they're riding at above 10,000 feet, 12,000 feet of climbing. Mountain. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you because you, you would have to go ahead of time just to acclimatize. Would you not? Just to well, get ready for riding at that elevation. Okay. So once again, Sylvia, you know me. 
And so this <laughs> yeah, it's like you just show up. So I go out in the ride. So, so I, I'm, I'm going and I start searching. And I start asking about it because there's all these theories. And I'm glad you right. brought that up. So there's a guy named Dr. Randall Wilbur, who is a PhD, and he's with the Olympic team. And he's written several books and done several papers on how to train, right? There's all these different things of, you know, live low, train high, or live high, train low, or, you know, train high, live high. And uh, <laughs> so everybody goes, oh, my God, when you get back, you're going to have so many red blood cells, right? Which transports oh, all right. oxygen, right? So, so I, I was going to buy this guy's book. And it's like 600 bucks because I guess you don't sell many. So he has, he doesn't, right. But you can rent it for 30 bucks a month. And I said, the heck with that. I just emailed him. I looked up and found his email. I emailed him. I left a voice message for him. He called me back. (laughs) And so, so in a nutshell, what he said to me is that if you're going to, if you can't come out, the optimal is about three weeks, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. He said, yeah. but if you can't do that, and the best thing to do is come a day or two before and do the race, because your body goes into this emergency overdrive mode going like, oh my God, you know, I can't get oxygen, you know, all these things going on. So actually your heart rate goes up, your adrenaline goes up, the cortisol changes, all these things mm-hmm. are changing. So, um, so you, will still pe- you, will see, you will see people, they will come a day or two before the race, or they'll try to come in three weeks is optimal because when I went out there, that's exactly what I experienced. The first two or three days, like, oh my God, I'm just like, you know, I'm, you know what, at first, you know, you're walking up two steps and you're breathing hard. A day mm-hmm. later, your body's like in emergency mode, your heart rate's up, and all these things are happening. And so, um, so you go out and you ride, it's like, man, I thought everybody said it was going to be hard. But then what happens about six or seven days in, then your body goes, oh God. And then you, actually your performance goes down. And so then over the next week or two, it builds back up. And then you really start to right, acclimate to what's going on. Right. So, and then I actually um, had some doctor friends that were able to find papers for me. And I read all this stuff. So the reality of it is, yes, your hemoglobin does usually go up a little, right? Um, but your, your red blood cell count goes up one, one half a percent. That's it. Right. Otherwise, if we okay. start the blood cells, our blood would be so thick that, you know, we'd die. But what actually happens also at elevation is there's less gravity. So our chest cavity actually will increase in size because there's less pressure on our bodies. So we are mm. actually able to take, even though the, the, you know, the air is thinner, right? The molecules are spread out, but we can mm. take more air in. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're, if it just, if your chest cavity increases just a few centimeters, if you did that by square centimeters or square inches, that's huge, the amount of oxygen. So there's several things that go into, that take place. So, um, and, and the cool thing about it is, is if you go out and stay like I did for a couple of months, uh, when you come back, you feel like a jet engine when you're back like 500 feet versus 10,000. I'd go out and do a bike ride and it was just like, like I, I mean, I, I, I just could never push myself to the point I couldn't get enough air in. And so I would go do these rides and it was like, man, this is great. And then that lasts for about three weeks. Then you're then all of a sudden it's like, Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, I gave you a long answer. If you could stay a few weeks, that would be optimal. Or show up the day before, get all the little benefits until your fitness goes down. <laughs> yeah. I like it. 
I think I could probably swing that one over the three weeks. Here's the other thing that's very uh, interesting. Now there's all these studies showing that once you've stayed there and people who live there and they go down, even if they go down for six months or a year, it's almost like your body has this muscle memory. When you go mm -hmm. back up, all the studies are showing that you reacclimate faster. So, oh. and actually I felt that when I, like I stayed out there in 2018 and then went back in 2019, it, I could tell that, that I acclimated very quickly. And same thing going back this year, um, even though I didn't, I, I had not planned to do the race. And I showed up and I could tell I, I had acclimated faster. But I think also some of it's anxiety because when the first time I went out there, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna show these guys, I know how to climb this mountain. And my friend, this friend and I, we took off and we got up a quarter mile up the side of this mountain and we were on the handlebars, like just, <gasps> just trying to breathe. And here comes a 74 year old guy. It's a legend out there, right? He's finished it like 20 sometimes. And he told us not, he said, do not do this. And we're like, yeah, right. And he just comes paddling by us and looks at us. We're laying over the handlebars there. <laughs> and, um, so, but, but that's a bad feeling because it takes you longer to get your heart rate down at elevation, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. when you're back at sea level and you max your heart rate out, you either, you know, if you slow down, your heart rate recovers much faster. When you're at this elevation, you don't recover as quickly. And it can, sometimes it can be almost panicky, like, oh my God, <gasps> am I going to get my breath back, right? So that's the other thing I would tell people is, you know, don't panic and I had never been very big into using heart rate monitors, but out there I started using one and it, because it really meant a lot. Um, you know, you had to figure out your zones. And like I said earlier, knowing the course where to push it and where not to push it. And, um, you know, like what I was telling you where this, this guy doc, you know, just he's 74 and here we are like just dying, breathing. He just pedals past us, right? Like just goes on. He had told like, us, me, me. <laughs> he had told us when you're climbing here on Kevin's, You've got to, you know, explain everything we needed to do. And of course, we're like, yeah, you know, man, we're from North Carolina at 500 feet elevation. Yeah, we got it. Like, yeah. it took like a quarter of a mile for that theory to go out. <laughs> yeah, you're like, remember what he said? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there's so many more rides. I, yeah, I, here's the problem I have. I want to do yeah. every ride. That's I, yeah. I do. And uh, some days I want to ride just in ride along and talk and hang out with people. Other days I want to push myself. Um, I showed up at a ride for the July 4th this year, uh, 900 people, finished 33rd uh, overall. I was fourth in my age group. Um, and then I was mad with myself because last mile I cooled down because I'm like, you know, they had never timed it before. And, uh, but here's the point I was going to make on that. A lot of the guys were stunned because a lot of times when I ride with these groups, I end up pulling a lot and we're not riding at 25, 26 mile an hour average. We're riding at 20, 21, but I'll go into a very hard gear and keep my heart rate up. And, mm -hmm. and I tell people that all the time. It's like, there's different ways of getting the fitness. You don't have to be, it's not an average speed thing, right? So I went yeah. Sunday here and the wind was a constant 14 miles per hour. We averaged 19.1 miles per hour. And when I finished, I felt like my legs were going to fall off. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I like I like that you said that because, you know, like you can definitely change up your gear. So you're working harder whilst while hanging out with your friends and they'd never know it. But 
A lot of people think they just gotta hammer harder and uh, go faster to be. It's like you and your bodybuilding. And trust me, I am not in the bodybuilding and I hate lifting weights and I do it on purpose because I have to. Thank you. (laughs) It it is, it's important. I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. but I had a lady that was uh, 20 years ago that she had been a champion here in North Carolina or I'm in South Carolina, but North Carolina. And, uh, and I said, Hey, you know, can I hire you to come to my house? And I got a you know gym out in the garage kind of and show me things. So she comes over and I'm not kidding. So she puts like maybe a 10 pound, you know, 10 pounds on each end of the bar. So the bars maybe what 20 pounds, so maybe 40 pounds. Yeah. If that. And she had me like, real slow go down real slow and she's laughing at me because i was i, I could hardly do 10 reps because you know, i'm the guy going to the gym and you know, throwing the weight all around <laughs> and she's like nope you got to have the right form mm-hmm. you, gotta do this, you have to do that and and uh i was dying laughing because um my sister's out in seattle and she placed fifth in the emerald cup a bodybuilding competition out there and she oh, was telling cool. me about her trainer and doing the same thing to her i said oh yeah this lady came over like you know, I'm in the gym trying to impress everybody. And as soon as she puts like 20 pounds in the bar and it's got me crying after 10 reps. <laughs> yeah, but, it's all tempo, super slow, you know, yeah. really. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, it's good but stuff. I, but, but here's the other thing I would say to any of these people, you know, if you want to go do these rides, you know, like the Henkepi I just did and, and uh, the Croatan and Garmin Unbound and Leadville and all these things. It really is, a, you need a lot of stamina. And um, so, you know, the other thing I do is when the weather's bad is um, I have an intelligent trainer, a smart trainer. Right. And, and I can stay on the smart trainer for hours in the house and watch TV and text on the phone <laughs> and all these things. And um <laughs> And if you'll be honest with yourself and put, you know, the right metrics in, like, um, you know, make sure you put the, you know, your, 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 the honest weight in and all this stuff, these intelligent trainers, these smart trainers will give you a great workout. Cause in the old days, yeah. we just had a trainer that, you know, we just put pressure on the wheel. I hated it. It drove me nuts. Well, now that I have this computer screen in front of me and I can project it to the TV and I can see what I did before and I can see who I'm with and we put groups together. It's, it, it's, it's not as good as riding outside. I'd much rather be outside and be in person with my friends, but that's the other thing. If you're going to do these races, uh, I would invest into a uh, smart trainer as well. Mm. And, um, and then invest in something, you know, like a zipped account. The nice thing about that is you can, sign up for a few months and then you can stop it and um, well funny you should say that randall's that after this i'm gonna fire up my swift account and i'm gonna do a race (laughs) but the thing is i have not purchased a smart trainer yet i still using a dumb trainer i love getting on my rollers like i love my rollers for steady state um fast cadence work and I know that I have to invest in, um, or I have to purchase a smart trainer because if I want to do any serious climbing training, I need a smart trainer. Like yeah. I can, you know, it doesn't translate, but however, I didn't find that this summer, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't struggle as much as I thought because of that. Like I was fine with the Hills even using my rollers and my trainer yeah, and, and just um, doing intensity. 
Right, and, and climbing, climbing, and, and I've, I'm a decent climber. Um, you know, again I'm, again, I'm one of these people, people look at you, how in the hell does he do that, right? Because I don't, I'm not- Because you ride a shit ton, that's why. Well, okay, so um, I was telling you about this friend, um, Susie, that she went out and did Leadville, but she did Leadman. So Leadman's five events, it's a marathon, a 50 mile ride or run, a 10K, a 100 mile run, and uh, of course, 100 mile, mile mountain bike. You have to finish all of that within, each one within a certain time and she did it and was on the podium and um so this year she's just concentrating on biking and it's been amazing to watch her average speed go up but the big mm -hmm. thing is amazing is watch how she climbs and it's exactly what you say it's it, you just have to spend time on that the other thing is technique right oh yeah i had a guy that when i first started riding um you know we just all come flying down and start up a hill and then he just walks away from us. And it was like with ease. And so finally one day I said, hey, Cubby, how, how do you do that? And he said, well, I didn't want to say anything to you. He said, <laughs> you did gear and you're doing So he pointed out everything that I was doing. <laughs> and he critiqued me in a very nice way. Mm -hmm. and, and granted, I, as I rode more and more and more, I got stronger. But, you know, again, uh, I can't tell you how many times like in Leadville, uh, like I ran up the mountain, you know, a quarter of a mile, and then I'm laying over the handlebars, and here comes Doc at 74 and just rides past me. Um, it, it's part of it is knowing the course and the technique and understanding, and uh, and it's hard sometimes. You step first couple hundred yards, you someone fly ahead of you, you know, you just do this number and you go on, right? So um, yeah. So I, I mean, and I'm still learning. You know, I started in 2010 uh, biking, and um, and I'm I'm still learning from. Uh, you know, when I go ride with some of these groups back home, there's some of these guys that are like, they're. Here's the truth of it: they're just genetic freaks of nature. It's like, how in the world do you do those things? <laughs> and they've been doing it for like 20 years, right? So, but funny you should mention that is that. I have a, I'm doing a four week cycling skills program right now based on cycling skills, like hill climbing trills and, and tips, pedal stroke efficiency, you know, gear management in the saddle, out of saddle transitioning, like all of that, it's just basic skills. And it makes a huge difference. It really it, does. Like makes all the people difference. can sit on their bikes for like hours and hours. Well, sitting on your bike doing nothing is like one thing, but actually going out and in and you know using your gears efficiently so that you're not burning up all your energy in your legs is like another thing. Absolutely, so that you can go like build the endurance. Well, that's one of the things that told me that, you know, we were still friends ride together all the time. And, uh, you know, it was like, you know, you want to be, when you get to the top of that climb, you can take off and go. You're, mm -hmm. you're, and what happens is exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. People get to the top, their legs are wasted, and now mm -hmm. they have to ride really slow and recover. And what you want to do is pace yourself and get to that top. So when you get to the top, you can just take off. And it's mm -hmm. a huge advantage if you know if you understand that when you're racing. So all those skills you're talking about, yeah. um, it, it, it again, I started just asking people like, "Hey, how do you do?" That? Oh man, <laughs> you should have asked me. <laughs> I, I didn't know you yet, you know. And I, and so, oh. <laughs> uh, but but no, it, it's amazing 
the technique and all the skills and the cadence and all the things you're talking about it, it um because you know again i was one of those like yeah whatever you know just like with the heart rate monitor i uh, for years i didn't wear one and people would say well how do you know what you know how do you deal with your heart rate i said when i see white dots i slow down you know that was kind of my smart aleck answer <laughs> but you know you get out somewhere um, and, and maybe part of it is getting a little older, but you get out somewhere like Colorado, you really need to manage the heart rate and understand what's going on because recovery times, uh, the elevation yeah. just takes more time to recover. And so you're better to go slower on, on some of these areas a little slower. So when you get to the top, you can keep going and you recover faster rather than totally just, if you expend yourself and you have to stop and mm -hmm. lay on the boards for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's all about management. It yeah. really is, and uh, knowing yourself and pacing, and and so you're slower, but in the end, you're gonna pass that person who's has to re, you know slow down at the top, and that's the whole point. Well, that's, but, that's uh, what, you know, when I first asked his friend, like, how in the world do you go up those climbs like this? And he said, Well, I didn't want to say say anything to you, but <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but but that was the point he made is like just get your cadence, manage it when you get to the top where they have to literally stop and catch your breath or they have to just literally just kind of pedal along, you're gone. You're, and, and that's exactly what he did to all of us. He was just like, you know, we'd go flying up the hill and all of a sudden here he comes, he goes by us. Yeah. He, he's gone. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> and, right. And, 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 it, and that comes back to exactly what you're saying. And that, those, all those things are uh, really critical and mm -hmm. uh, and it's not even and it's not just if you're racing it's just if you want to go enjoy the ride and be with your friends and um you know so so uh, i hope everybody takes that class with you and understands that because it's it's like, like i said i was always able to power through things mm -hmm. and 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 here's the other thing and do you know this as well um you know you look at when you body build right and you go through mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't even know the right terminology for it. you go through the final phases and you're cutting and you're doing all these things to, to get ready did you ever think that you would be a bodybuilder never right <laughs> and and but so, you know what randall i did a lot of my bodybuilding to actually get ready for cycling uh, i cycled it so that i would start training in the gym i hated like i hate the gym just like you but I had to have like a reason or a goal to be in there. And I knew that I, and I didn't know that I needed to do it because I'm a woman and all the, you know, like bone density and stuff like that back then. But I would go in there. I'm like, okay, I need to get strong. I need to drop some pounds, uh, stuff like that. I would still train for cycling, but I would train from like January and I would have an event like April, May. And then I was ripped. I was lean. I was powerful. I did the event and then I started racing. Right. And so it, it helped me prepare for my cycling. Like I didn't have the optimum uh, muscle build for a bodybuilding because I was still cycling a lot and you could see it in the dip muscle difference. Like right. bodybuilding muscles are nice and round endurance muscles are long and thin. And so, but I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of not my goal. I'm just here to, so, you so, she did the bodybuilding, right? And, and uh, you know, she was never, like, heavy. Um, mm -hmm. Had a couple of kids, and she goes out, and, like, she she was able to do it. 
And that's what, you know, so I remember one time I went to a seminar and it said ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And certainly I'm not calling you ordinary, but, you know, genetically I go out with some of these guys and it's like, they're just, you know, their genetics are just, it's what it is. Right. But even if you don't have those freakish genetics, you can still grow and accomplish so much. Oh and, yeah, for sure. And the thing that other thing that I've learned and I've watched you over the years when you start getting ready for competitions is how fast the transform transformation can take. And that was the mm -hmm. thing, that, um, you know, if you'll stick with it, discipline, and you, here's one of the things that you just said, have a goal, right? I'm yeah. always looking for something to motivate me, have a goal. The other thing that was extremely helpful, and you and I have talked about this before, is having a group working together to mm -hmm. hold you, you know, hold your feet to the fire, a little peer pressure, a motivation to encourage, or, you know, um, I'll never forget when I was going through losing all the weight uh, that I lost my cousin, I got to a certain point and I just, I got down to 197 and I just couldn't get past it. And so finally one day he said, just get past it. You've got to do it. Just get serious about it. And I was like, okay. And I did, you know, so, so <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a click, you know, yeah. like just, like, just, was, uh, yeah. you know, like, okay. But it was so helpful. That. Literally every day we would, now I'm one of those, some people will say weigh in once a week. Right. Um, and granted there's, you know, you, you worry more about muscle you want to grow the muscle. And if you, you know, rather than worry about the uh, weight of muscle and body fat, but I'm one of these people I weigh in every day. I just, it keeps me honest. It keeps me, you know, I, I'm so, okay, I want to stay within this variance here. Mm -hmm. And so I would weigh in every day and we would text each other. And then we would text and we were competitive. We're cousins, but we're like brothers, but it was a friendly competition. And, um, and then if he found like certain things that like the food we were making, because uh, I, I didn't, I can't say I was low carb because I was still getting 120 to 160 carbs a day. Um, but I was getting what I call healthy carbs. But we would text each other every day. So like these groups you do and these things, man, that's to me, that's such a turn on because it's um, it, it just gives you somebody to work with. It gives you somebody to yeah. talk, you know, um, and, and I'm not um, and, and and I'm not one of these people that if you tell me something that it's good, you know, it, it insults me or whatever. It's like, cause I'm just like, I told you, I emailed this guy, Dr. Randall Wilbert, the Olympic team, because I wanted to know, <laughs> you know, this friend of mine, I'm like, how do you do that? Tell me. Right. And actually that was the thing. That I, well, that's the best thing is just to ask questions, right. Instead of like sitting there wondering for the next year, you know, you either fire off a message, you're going to get an answer or not. And then ooh, you find it somewhere else. But uh, well, yeah. That's what I learned in business as a young businessman. Mm. Um, I would ask these very successful people, like, tell me how you did it. And if you would listen to them and go back to them and say, okay, and report the results and say, oh my gosh, this happened. You would find out these very successful business people would bend over backwards to help you. And right. so I learned that, you know, early on, I would go, when I, I first started out in business and I started my own business and I was probably bankrupt and was just was, I didn't even know I was bankrupt because I didn't know enough about business, but I would go to these people and talk to them and they would tell me things. And, um, and sometimes I'm going like, wow, I, you know, okay, well, this one guy, like, for example, had had a company that had been into 500, like three times. And um, he would tell me things. That's okay. I, I got to trust you because you've done it. And right. on the whole, it worked. <laughs> so I'm a big believer if I can, um, 
if I can find that shortcut, um, I'd rather come to you and say, Sylvia, tell me this and how about the eating and this and that. I'd rather do that than test and figure it out myself now because I did that for years. You know, yeah, I, I, right. You would not. Uh, <laughs> listen, you know, so I'd late, help you in a minute, Randall. In my late 20s, I started. <laughs> and so I did what everybody else did. I did the. <laughs> yes, I did. And, you know, and you know, you've got to find what works for you, right? Yeah. Well, with that, that's it. I mean, this is great conversation and we could go on forever. We could go to business. We go back to biking, but I am so, you know, and like I said, you guys, if you're, if you're listening all the way through and thank you for being our listeners. And uh, like I said, we've been following each other on social media for years. And um, I know we talked on the on phone at least once. Um, but it gives me great pleasure to have had, um, uh, Randall, <laughs> Randall, <laughs> Randall here to, um, to talk with us about his experience, um, on so many different levels. So I just want to thank you for, um, for being a guest and we might just have to bring you back like next year, this time and see how your summer went. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm honored that you would have me and uh because I've watched your stuff before and I feel fortunate that you wanted me to jump in here and share some of my experiences. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Thanks a lot, Randall. And I and uh so don't forget to follow us on social media. I think you're just on Facebook. Are you on Instagram? She's on, on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and I'm also on Facebook. But, uh, and don't forget to, to put on those notifications and share this episode with people who have been talking about Leadville, right? If there's someone, if you know, reach out to um, Randall Bike Bennett or Bike Bennett, um, and he will give you even more details on how you can be successful. But remember, if you're, look, if you're listening to this, you might not get this in time because I think this episode is going out later than December. Um, good luck in getting in. <laughs> Maybe in there. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I'm so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.